that? It's the budget train, and it's coming. It's coming for you. <laughs> it will run you down. All of your expensive cards, your fast mana, your tutors, your effective card draw and filtering, nothing can stand in the way of the budget train. <laughs> Hi, I'm Andrew. Uh, also, uh, Ultra Budget Bruce around here. And this is the budget shop. Um, if you're interested in finding any of my other content that I do, um, I am on Twitter at, at BruceMTG. Um, and I'm here to talk about budget stuff. I'm excited. It'll be great. Yeah, and this is Murphus. I am not on the budget train, uh, but I I am dragging a caboose around. Uh, so I, that, was, that joke fell flat, but we'll just keep rocking and rolling. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at MurphysAlveyMTG, and uh, you can find my uh, backlog of articles over at uh, commandersherald.com. Hey guys, Mr. Combo number five here. And of course you could find me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter. I'll spell out except for the five, uh, better yet, better to follow our primary account at CM Dower. CM Dower, Mr. Combo. How many cocktails have you had tonight? Uh, Absolutely Dowry. none. CMD tower on Twitter. And guys, welcome to a new episode of The Budget Shop, where floor to ceiling has no meaning, and the foiling is always taco-shaped. Um, and today, we're going to focus around a very common archetype, but trying to figure out how do you actually do it on a budget, because those cards are crazy expensive. We're talking red, insert, color of choice, artifacts. Um, so, Ultra Budget Brews, when we're talking about red color artifacts mm -hmm. what does that look like to you holistically when someone's actually trying to build a deck but they're scrapping the pennies stuck to the underside of my toilet for sure so art so one thing that's interesting about artifacts um if you were to click on the themes tab at edi trek um it is actually the most popular um theme that of, of of any of them like uh, like equipment life gain plus one counters aristocrats all come behind artifact now some of that is because uh it's a little those artifacts is a little bit broader they can do a lot of different things um but we decided that we just wanted to talk about uh red inclusive artifact decks because it helps narrow it down just a little bit because there are about a million different kind of things otherwise you could talk about so how it looks, I think one of the things that artifact decks, when I think of an artifact deck and I think of artifacts in EDH in general, uh, the thing that I immediately think of are mana rocks, right? Um, and I mostly think of the really, really expensive mana rocks. I think of mana vaults, I think of mana crypts, and I don't think of those things because we are not getting anywhere near those. Uh, any kind of fast mana, any any mana rock that costs zero and is mana positive, uh, we're not using those because we can't. Because I don't want to spend fifty to a hundred dollars on on those cards. So um, so that's just like doesn't matter the color. If you're on a budget and you're playing an artifact deck, you're not gonna get those some of those cards that are just like just really known and really, really uh, famous, I guess, um, artifact cards. Um, other than that, red uh, does a ton. Red and white, actually, are probably the two colors 
Blue's kind of sneaking up there too, but I would say red is probably the best, honestly, um, artifact color because they have a lot of cool things. They mess around with the graveyard. They get to like um, discard card rummage, discard cards to draw cards, which fills up your graveyard. Uh, and they also have a lot of cool cards that just interact with artifacts in interesting and intriguing ways. That's kind of the, I guess, the overarching view of artifacts. Yeah, I, I I agree with a lot of that. And I actually pulled some stats here that, that I found pretty interesting. So I looked at this from the mono red perspective initially, and I found 76 artifacts that could work in mono red purely for mana generation only under a <laughs> dollar. And then nice. there's 33 artifacts that just do mana generation between one and five dollars. And then if you just open it up and get rid of the mana clause, just like how many artifacts do I have access to? You have 1,416 artifacts under a buck. Very so lot. I, I really look at artifacts as the jack of all trades. You could almost say the artifact artifacts are the permanent version of an instant or sorcery where there's an instant and sorcery that could do literally anything in the game of magic, <laughs> pretty much. And so mm-hmm. artifacts, I feel like it's just the permanent version of it. And so... You don't even, when when I see these numbers, that tells me you don't even need your commander to specifically care about artifacts, to have an artifact-themed deck. And that's actually what I think makes artifacts so interesting. The fact that you don't need that legend to really helm the deck to make it function as an artifact deck. But I think that's where a lot of people from a build perspective, oh, I don't have an artifact deck because in their minds, they don't have a traditional artifact commander like a Brea. Um, where in reality, I think a lot of us probably have artifact decks. There are decks that would classify as artifacts that we don't even realize. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think um, I think what we have to look at is like card type density in your list, and then like what is your what's your game plan? Right, I'm a big proponent of know your game plan. What does a winning board state look like? If your winning board state looks like compiling artifacts you might be an artifact deck. If, <laughs> if over if over 30 cards in your deck are artifacts, you might be an artifact deck, even if you're not doing traditional things. And uh, to your point, Andrew, I think when I think of like RX, like kind of the, uh, the initial for like R, uh, like red other color artifact deck, I think the R there actually stands for recursion. Like that's, <laughs> like that's that. what, like red artifact decks want to do. I think of Duretti Spaghetti, you know, Duretti Scrap Savant wants to chuck things in the graveyard and bring them back. I think of Goblin Welder. I think of, uh, um, oh my gosh, uh, Goblin. Um, slow bad. Uh, I do think of slow bad. Um, Scrapper? Goblin Scrapper. Maybe like- I. Oh, I also think of cards like Scrapyard Trawler. Um, yeah, and uh, you want to be playing with your graveyard if you're in Red X artifacts. You're you're really crippling yourself if you're not mm-hmm. if you're not utilizing the graveyard to generate value. You're going to fall behind. As a, just a brief aside, because uh, Doretti is 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 a, is a great card, and it's not one I'm necessarily going to be talking about today. But it's a great budget commander how much do you think Doretti costs 50 50 dollars yeah Doretti's Doretti's, savant 
the one in the mono in the mono red Free commander card. deck. Yeah. Okay, fifty dollars, Murphy. I want to bet a quarter. Seventy-five cents. Damn it! I was the closest without going over. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. You were the closest in all of the ways, sir. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So, anyways, I thought just thought that was an interesting one. I I thought about building that, but uh, I was like, eh, I'm gonna do something different. So, anyways, just brief aside. All right. Well, guys, um, hopefully that kind of gives you some perspective of our insights into what like a red color artifact deck kind of looks like. Um, before we head over to kind of talk about what legends we thought were interesting, let's hear a little bit about our awesome patron community. Do you like CMD Tower content? Do you wish you could have more of it? Well, you should head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. That's where we really lean on the community for help in running our channel, but also giving back to you as well. So for just literally a buck a month, you can join and get tons of soft value, opportunities to be on the show, interact with the collective in our very lively chat. And then for even just buy 15 or 25 bucks, you're going to get swag. You're going to get RK post tokens. Really, it's one of the best values out there. Patreon.com slash CMD. All right. Well, since we have a focus for our archetype, but I mean, we're talking commander, guys. We need a legend to helm said deck. So, Murphus, what legendary spoke to you for helming this RX budget uh, artifact deck? Just to tell on myself a little bit before I get into that, the card we were thinking about before was Goblin Engineer. Engineer. That little, that rascal escaped me. Rapscallion. Um, Rapscallion. So as I was thinking about this, what I wanted to do was not was not get into blue. Um, that was the big thing when I'm thinking of like red artifact decks, because red blue artifact decks want to do something very specific. Um, I think of like. Jura, like play all of the Fruit Loops and draw all the cards, kind of things. Um, so I looked in Gruel because uh, I am a glutton for punishment and <laughs> and have come to enjoy bad cards. Um, no cards are actually bad, I think. Maybe. Um, well, that's so, not true. Manolith is just a bad card. Murder. Hey. hey oh now. man, somebody's coming out hot here. I'm feeling spicy. Man. Budget brews out here throwing bows. Um, so as I was thinking about this, I uh, came to a partner pair is is what I built around today. It is Iktakik Salvage Splicer. <laughs> Iktakik and Tago. Chicka Chicka Boom Boom and Tago Goblin Weaponsmith. So Iktakik is a 4G... Uh, legendary creature, human artificer, and when ETBs, you create a three-three colorless golem. Uh, and whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on Iktikik, and a plus one plus one counter on each golem you control. So it's like a golem tribal deck, and then Tago uh, has effectively landfall, make a rock, and those rocks, those rocks sacrifice as part of like. Um, doing two to any target right so uh what i thought was interesting about this is it's playing in a in a space that wants to do like three different things it wants to make tokens it wants to 
modify creatures. Uh, Sean's favorite uh, flavor flavor keyword from Jesus. <laughs> Oh, sorry, sorry, I forgot. Heliod, Jesus. <laughs> uh, it wants to modify creatures, like it wants them to be uh-huh. wearing stuff or have encounters, and then it it wants to go boom splat, like it wants to just uh, rumble into the red zone. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting take on artifacts. Hmm. Yeah, I can see where this is going already, and that's gross. You're gonna throw rocks at people. It's like what is it, the apocalyptic rock fight from uh, it or whatever? I don't know if anybody, any of anybody out there, uh, Stephen King folk, but yeah, you guys. Uh, so <laughs> seven people will like appreciate that, I guess. Uh, but that's, that's a yeah. deep cut. That's it's a, a very, deep, very cut. deep cut. Um, but yeah, throwing rocks at things, I love it a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, throwing rocks at things, but then also pumping your team. Like that's what I didn't realize when I read it to geek. Uh, a million years ago when Commander Legends came out is that triggers every time an artifact's put into the graveyard. Yep. Uh, yeah, which is so pretty stupid. powerful. <laughs> that's Yeah, for sure. And that even sounds like a deck you'd probably uh, run... Well, I guess that would probably hurt you more than... Well, I don't know. Uh, isn't there that enchantment that like whenever an artifact goes to your graveyard, you're able to like fling damage to someone um, based on the cards in your hand, I think? Um, maybe I, I am thinking of Pia's revolution. Yeah, I'm thinking you say like, that. It's the one that lets you recur artifacts unless somebody pays the tax. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, someone out I, there in the collective comment in the bruise and builds channel. I know Jimmy played it on like one of the second episode of game nights ever. Um, and that's how he ended up winning is he was able to like sacrifice stuff. And then this thing was like flinging damage based on the uh, amount of cards that someone had in their hand. Like um, but that, that sounds like that would yeah, even be disgusting in this deck too with how many rocks you're going to be throwing around right exactly so uh, we're gonna make some artifact tokens and do some artifact things and uh, hit you with some big booties well the one i went with i went a little bit different direction so uh, I really try to look at these budget challenges as a way to challenge myself to look into legends that maybe don't have as much love out there. And Gadric the Crowned Scourge, I thought, was a very interesting pick because it only has 184 decks or 187 decks on EDH rec. So this guy's two colorless red, legendary creature dragon, M21. It's a 5-4 with flying. It can't attack unless you have four or more artifacts. At the beginning of your end step, create a treasure token for each non-token creature that died this turn. So the treasures, you had tap, sack, add a mana. Um, You can pick up one of these guys for 90 cents. Um, Very, very cheap. And, you know, some of the notes that I'd kind of made on them... I like that it's low curve. We've talked about this in other budget episodes before. If you're trying to be a budget, usually your curve's going to be higher because the cards that are cheaper are usually just worse versions of other cards with lower CMC. So having a three mana commander is awesome. Also, we're talking, for me, mono red artifacts. Uh, you're going to probably run tons of mana rocks in this deck. I could very easily see when you actually cast Gadric, you have your four artifacts already there ready to go um so i really enjoy that and i think this is kind of a build where you're able to use the utility of what artifacts can do like i talked about earlier 
I, I'm almost envisioning this kind of uh, Voltron go tall with dragon type strategy because there's so many dragons that care about artifacts that you could have that in there, but then you're using the artifacts to remove threats, you're using it to ramp, accelerate your card draw, which red's not that great at. And also a big, big, big one are the amazing pieces of equipment you can use to protect your stuff. So I actually think you could probably build a very budget-friendly Gadrick deck with the artifacts, and then your budget can go towards maybe the costlier dragons, you know, the ones that are 10, 15, 20 bucks, but you're able to do that because you've spent 50 cents on your grain package from Bruise and Builds on 20 cards. So what are your guys' thoughts on Gadrick? And are you shocked that there's less than 200 decks with him at the helm? I'm not shocked that less than two less than two hundred decks because uh, it's it's a really interesting card, but I think it's a difficult card to make um, really powerful, mm. which I think is interesting. I think that's actually a point in its favor, um, but that's not necessarily something everybody wants because um, and, and when it comes down to it, there there are kind of two things you got going on. You either attacking with a five five, uh, it's five five, right? 5-4. Five, 5-4, four. Sure. Five, four. okay. Junior's attacking with 5-4, which, I mean, Commander, yeah, you know, it's usually you want to be doing something besides that. Um, or you can find a way to uh, make a lot of creatures die and make a bunch of treasures, and that's that's a kind of a cool way to take it. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I I think that it's only going to get better um, from here on out, simply because... You can say that about any card, I guess. But yeah. um, Wizards uh, loves treasures currently. They really are really hitting that treasure thing home. And Godric also happens to love treasures. So I could really see, I, I could see some cool cards getting printed and probably have been printed that I'm just not even aware of um, recently. That that could be very, very good for Godric deck. I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah, I, I like Godric a lot. I, I think that... Um the power level ceiling can be compensated for with the right amount of like board wipes, right? Like damage based board wipes to like power out large spells early. And I think the fact that Gadrick like rewards you for doing what you need to do in the early game, which is like get player, player mana rocks, like, you know, like get your grains in the beer, right? Like you gotta do, you gotta do that work. Um, I do. Th- I have honestly been impressed with Gadrick every time I've seen it on the battlefield, which, in all fairness, is not often. Um, but just generating a little bit of mana off Gadrick tends to be good enough because mm. um, it's not the only thing you're doing. Um, so I'm really curious to see how this deck play, like what heaters you get in this kind of deck with, with Gadrick. I'm not surprised that it's a low build count. Um, mostly cause I think, uh, it's, it requires creativity to build around and it's not pre pack. It's not pre con commander in, in the colloquial way that I would use that. Yeah. And I think to that point, Murphys, um, if you separate Gadrick from the command zone, he's actually in over 13,500 decks in the yeah. 99 of everything that Hat can uh, Gadrick can be in. Um, and I think that's, you know, for a uh, kind of niche creature 
to be in 3% of every deck that's red. I think that's actually a pretty healthy uh, deal. So, um, And then the only other point I wanted to make, guys, going back to that low CMC, um, I like it because in a budget deck, your commander is going to get removed. And then because things cost so much, you're really trying to figure out where you put your resources in turn five, six, seven, eight. Do I recast my commander? Is it really worth it? Well, with Gadrick only being three, you can take risks and play him a little bit more... Uh, libaciously i guess um and just knowing hey if it gets murdered the best removal spell in magic now it's only five to play oh the best removal spell in magic murder you heard it here folks (laughs) (laughs) well oob what did you build well i decided to go with a card from modern horizons 2 and uh, it is zabaz the glimmer wasp this Ah. is actually one i have thought about building a number of times um, is one that Murphis will actually have probably have a lot to say about. And I'll be curious to hear what he has to say, his feedback, um, because it is a modular lord, essentially, essentially. And he used to have a modular deck built around uh, Gerard Cap- Weatherlight Captain, I think is the name. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Red, white. Okay. So Zabaz Glimmer Wasp is Boros. And, uh, but it just costs one generic mana to cast, which I love. I love anymore. I don't like, it's really hard for me to have a commander that's above four mana. I just like being able to cast my commander a lot. So this will cost you one, you know, turn one mountain, best card in magic. Play your commander. God, so good. Okay. It has modular one. Modular one basically means it comes into play with a plus one, plus one counter. Um, And if it dies, it uh, gets to move all of its counters to another artifact creature, any artifact creature. Um, so if a modular triggered ability would put one or more plus one plus one counters on a creature you control, that meant put that many plus that many plus one plus one plus one counters are put on it instead. That was a that was a mouthful. <laughs> Lord of mercy. Um, so basically it just not doubling season, but it just adds one counter. If you're getting yeah. two, you get three. If you get three, you get four. You know. Uh, then it has the things that make it Boros. It has, for a single red, you can destroy target artifact you control, which is important with modular. Um, and, and for a white, you can give it flying until end of turn. So you can try to get in there some sneaky, uh, sneaky commander damage. And it's a zero, zero, but technically it's a one, one because it has modular one. So actually it'd be a two, two because it comes in and it, if modular... Yeah, so it would actually be a 2-2. Cool. Um, so that's neat. Uh, so that's what that is. So I am basically going to build a, building with a lot of modular creatures. And I'm also going to be doing trying to find other plus one, plus one counter synergies. And also look to utilize uh, words like proliferate so that I can increase all of my plus one, plus one counters. Um, Zabaz can be built in, a, in some really cool ways. Um, if you have unlimited budget, like you can do all sorts of stuff with sacrificing artifacts and bringing them back and recurring them and sacrificing them again and making all these like weird infinite mana loops. Um, we're not going to be doing that. We're 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 just punching people right in the face hole, and it's going to be great. One thing for clarification, real quick: uh, modular. They enter the battlefield with those counters, so Zimmer uh, Zabaz's uh, replacement effect will not work for its own. So it will still oh. enter modular one with one plus one plus one counter, but then um, any of your other effects that modular would be okay. triggered uh, while Zabaz is out will get the additional. Well, there you go. Good, good to know. Can't have we can't have a one mana two two in Boros. That would be unacceptable. 
It's got to oh, be. Yeah. And then uh, could you imagine if it had card draw? Whoa. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm going to build around. Uh, it's I think it'll be a fun deck. Yeah, I, I think uh, Zabaza is sweet. Um, I have looked at it before. I've been hurt before by Boros now multiple times. Uh, the first of which was Gerard, which was a modular tribal deck, uh, which was significantly worse before Modern Horizons <laughs> 1 or 2 or whatever that set that's from. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Arcbound Worker is not a, an EDH viable card. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, but what I did find is that like the sacrifice synergies and being able to move counters around is actually a really powerful thing to do. So I'm really curious how you're going to do that, like how to most effectively do that on a budget and make it like meaningful for the battlefield. For sure. Yeah, I think that's super cool. And I really like that you could do it at instant speed. And so it could almost be one of those, you know, they have protection. Only this one modular creature or artifact creature I have can do it. Okay, so I'm, I got five red. Let me pay my red. I'm going to blow up these guys, and let's just load up this dude and block with it. Like, that's really, really cool. Um, or same type of thing. Like, hey, I'm going to give Zabaz flying. Go over. Okay, rat damage. Nothing's really happened. Let's pay the red. Load up Zabaz, and maybe even one-shot someone literally out of nowhere. I like the... Uh, instance i like that you have a game interaction that's viable on everyone's turn yeah i think that's super important for a boros deck that's not going to be interacting on the stack all that often to be to, <laughs> just to be frank um and i i do love that i the old uh ink moth nexus arcbound ravenger garbage that we used to see in like modern from yesteryears ago uh <laughs> when uh affinity was like a secret infect deck. Um, and Zabaz has a lot of those same lines, which is sweet. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, that was super exciting. Before we head to our last section for the night, let's hear a little bit about our store. Hey there, Collective. Do you need a new playmat? Do you need some sleeves? Have you been forgetting your upkeep triggers? Well, be sure to head over to cmdtower.com slash merch and be able to pick up all the great swag made for you guys. It could be the Mr. Comma Number 5 Reminder Token. It could be the Squee McGee Get Up and Fight coin or heck, even our foil playmat or Jund holiday sweaters. All of it's there. Go check it out. Well, let's see what each of us came up for our legendaries with the RX Artifact Archetype. And we're going to be each discussing a card that's under a penny, a nickel, a dime, a don't sue. It's a penny, a nickel, a dime, please don't sue. And so I'm going to be kicking this off uh, with my penny card for this Gadrick deck. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do is let's get artifacts that when they enter the battlefield, they also make artifacts <laughs> let's try to find some of that type of synergy because we want to get to four artifacts as quick as we can and so this card got just printed in streets of new capenna it's only a penny but gilded pinions i think is a really smart card so two colorless artifact equipment 
when it ETBs, make a treasure token. Equip creature has flying, which, yes, I, I get it. It does not going to matter for Gadrick, but we're going to have other creatures in the deck that don't have flying, and it's equipped for two. So I almost look at this as, um, you know, many, if you guys have listened to us uh, in the past, I've kind of equated my card draw. Uh, number to like one card equals one mana and if i can get the mana value lower then that's great but i don't want to pay more than one mana i look at this kind of similar i'm actually paying two mana to get two artifacts for gadrick so one to one that's a really good rate like what do you guys think about gilded pinions it's an underrated card i think that's kind of a cool card like it's like you said you're not going to attach the gadrick but you're you're not playing like creatureless Gatrick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have something else that you can throw it on, and two mana is, is I mean, it's not ideal. Obviously, you would always prefer it to be less, but um, yeah, equip two isn't terrible, and giving evasion is underrated, and a treasure token is great. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I think we undervalue flying significantly in the format, and there's a reason why uh, one of the most reliable limited archetypes in history is. Flying. Like blue white flyers, right? Like just it is that is the reason why everybody gets pissed off when somebody dumps their Sun Quan on the battlefield that has I can't believe it's not real flying with horsemanship. <laughs> and, uh, and because it's really good, it's so powerful. So I like the idea of the two for one artifact, and I like flying a lot. And if you can just turns out a five four in the air, along with even like a two two in the air that gets people dead really, really fast. Yep, for sure. Well, my nickel one, it, it came in at three pennies, so I actually saved a couple pennies. Uh, this card's only been printed once in Adventures for, in the Forgotten Realms, and I'm actually going to be very curious for Oob to give a hot, a response to a hot take I'm about to make. Let's hear it. Dungeon map. Three colorless artifact. Taps add a colorless. Three colorless tap. Venture into the dungeon. Activate only as a sorcery. So go with me here. When you're on a budget, you're always kind of trying to scrape your value. I'm I'm trying to get as much value as I can. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this deck is going to need artifacts. It needs mana rocks, like many budget decks do. I think this is worth running, especially for only three pennies, because I look at the dungeons as a additional outside value that I can now do. Because there's dungeons where, hey, venture in, I'm going to scry. I could use a scry. And the next one is I make a couple treasures. Or maybe I get a card draw. Uh, Maybe I make an opponent lose a life. I just think there's so much versatility within the dungeons that once a turn being able to kind of go through, I think that's really, really valuable for an overall budget perspective. But specifically for Gadrick, it's going to help mono red ramp draw cards and when we have turns where we can't really do anything at least we could do something mm-hmm. I, I i do like this i like three mana rocks as long as they also do something besides just manolith obviously okay. um and this is i think venturing a dungeon is great um if you you can just have it and you don't need to run any other venture cards probably and it's still gonna yep. be fine i really wish that this could have said it act it didn't have this activate only as a sorcery clause yeah was that would it really have been too powerful? Like, because I mean, it's it's essentially costing four mana because you have to tap three mana and this. Um, so that is literally the only thing giving me pause. If it didn't have that activate only as a sorcery, there are decks I could think of that are like, yeah, I'd probably just throw it in there, you know, 
for goofs. Give it a give it a give it a shot. Um, the sorcery thing might be rough, but you won't know until you try it out. And uh, it very well could end up being okay. Maybe you are you know you're you're going to get some little little bit of value on turns like you said where you aren't necessarily getting to do anything else. So I I think it's great. Yeah, like I think it could be really good. So I, I'm right there with you, Sean. I think dungeon map is actually pretty okay. Again, the, the sorcery thing is, is neither here nor there. I think Yeah. it's specifically in Gadric. I think it's less of an issue because Gadric is generating so many treasures, right? Like you're generating so much excess mana that you will almost always have something have always having something to do so that you are using more mana over the course of the game than any mm-hmm. of your opponents is a great way for a weaker color or a weaker commander to pull ahead in tempo. Um, and as somebody who has a mono red venture into the dungeon deck, that is, it's not good, but it is fun. Um, I, I can tell you that if you can make it through like fan Delver, you can make goblins, you can make treasures, and you can draw a card, right? Like those are all things that you want to do in a mono red deck, um, especially with Gadric. It like dungeon map begets another artifact. It's slow, but it can do it. So I really like this pick. Actually, I think this is really smart. Awesome. Well, for my dime pick, I got it by a penny uh, just because it came out in the Forgotten Realms Commander Precon. But for nine cents. And I talked about it, uh, how there are, we need to save as much as we can on our artifacts so the handful of dragons we can afford with our budget. I think Heirloom Blade is a very smart card when you only have a handful of creatures that share a type. So three colorless artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus one. So now Gadric is what, an eight, five flyer? That's a three turn clock. Equipped for one, very cheap and efficient. Whenever a equipped creature dies, you may reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card that shares a creature type with it. Put that card into your hand and the rest onto the bottom of your library in a random order. So kind of the thought here is people are going to want to get rid of Gadric eventually. So let's throw the blade on there. It's getting people closer to death with command damage. But then the other piece is when people naturally kill our commander or board wipe. Well, now at least get something that I can play next turn. Maybe Gadric costs too much at this point. Uh, who really knows? But, you know, with a handful of those other really good, smart dragons between like four and six CMC, I'll be loaded up for that next turn. What are what are the thoughts around that? I, I think this is crazy smart. I like this pick. Like, I like the last pick because I have a soft spot for venturing into the dungeon. I like this pick because it's actually like, like, I think this is an objectively good pick for this kind mm-hmm. of thing. If you're only building with like two or three other dragons in the deck, so you can guarantee a hit. Oh man, you can like straight up gas up late game with like a null spine dragon or something, or like they'll fire somebody out of the game. Like there's a lot of options, even if you're on a budget. Well, I mean, even the uh, dragon that thieves all the artifacts away, but you win the game when you have 20. That's not unrealistic for this deck. You very well could, you could literally board wipe, you make all the treasures, and then next turn, oh yeah, I got this guy, and if you can't kill, get rid of it in a turn cycle, I win. I literally did not realize until this exact moment that this card said reveal until you reveal a creature card that shares a type with it. I, I thought it was like, oh, you reveal the top five, like, and then... Oh no, here. you dig. No, it's you, you dig until you do it that's uh that's really good it only equips for one that's yeah. 
I I like this a lot actually. As long as you have some other impactful dragons, uh, totally do it. Also, super secret upside. It has adorable secret layer uh, art. If you want, it's a cat with a katana, and it's wonderful. Don't know that I'd spend ten dollars on it, but maybe some of you all are ballers. I don't know, but well, that's hot. I'll hit on my last card. It's my quarter pick. It's seventeen cents. I'm, I'm finding a. You know what I'm actually seeing is I'm, a lot of these cards have never been printed more than once, but yet they're still very, very cheap. I guess it just tells me they're very bad cards. But I think this card's super sexy. Uh, Blazing Sunsteel. Colorless red artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus O for each opponent you have. And when equipped creature is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to any target equipped for four. So I know the equip cost is a little high, but if we're thinking about the progression of this game and what the CMCs are, it's very natural. Turn four, you're equipping Blazing Sunsteel to your Gadrick. And now you have an 8-4 flyer on turn 4, ready to 3-turn clock someone. Most likely people don't have flying... One person doesn't have a flying blocker at that point. Um, But then I also think about this. One thing that Mono Red likes to do is it likes to do damage to creatures as a form of board wipe. 2 damage to each creature, 3 damage to each creature. Well, Blazing Sunsteel now turns it into like a stuffy doll effect. As Gadrick receives the damage, oh, you want to block because you don't want to take eight. Well, by the way, you're going to get eight anyways. It's just not going to be command damage. I'm just going to throw eight to your face, or I'm going to blow up your commander for not letting me hurt you. Uh, I think this just gives you a ton of flexibility. Even though it is 17 cents, it's at our upper end of our artifact budget. I think that's 17 cents well spent. I like build your own stuffy doll. That's rad. As long as you are running stuff like pyroclasm and sweltering stuns and yeah, all that kind of stuff, uh, this can actually do quite a bit of work. The quip four is is a little brutal, um, but it yeah, I I love stuffy doll. I love brash taunter. Those are some of my favorite cards. So I I love this pick. Yeah, I think it's really good. You have to be really aware of the four cost to equip. That is steep but turning your turning your blasphemous act into a deal 13 to the face makes blasphemous act a win condition that's hot um and i like that modality in in that's that's i think part of what you get with a cheap commander like cmc wise is you get flexibility to recast it on purpose um that you wouldn't get with like a five cmc commander Give me that star of extinction, baby. Just drop a meteor on the table. Oh, oh I was just thinking uh, every turn cycle, you're spending three red to do three damage to everything. A pyrohemia. Just pyrohemia. Yeah, just, just, just to do, let's do three each time. No big deal. Um, well, Murphys, uh, for your penny nickel dime quarter, what'd you do for itch tick and togo? Itch to kick. Um, so for my penny, uh, I have a bad card, and it has um, it has uh, um, your favorite flavor word on it. This is Alter of the Brood. This is Tawashi Guidebot. Tawashi Guidebot is a two one construct for four mana, and when it ETBs, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. We want to do that anyway, but then it has four tap draw card. This ability costs one less to activate for each modified creature you control. So Tago is creating equipment. 
each to geek is uh is modifying your creatures with plus one plus one counters your golems at least so there's like this quickly becomes in my mind tap draw card which is exactly the kind of thing i want to be doing in a gruel deck that's going to be playing bad cards it's going to be playing bad cards like just if we're being frank so i like tap draw card what are your thoughts if you're building Zabaz, put this in there too. This is incredible. I love it. Uh, I like it because you... So I would be anti this card because it is four for a 2-1, but then I like slap myself and I'm like, Mr. Combo, we're talking budget here. Get, get, out of your, get out of your butt. So we take that aside. I think if you just had one commander that dealt with modifications in some way, shape, or form, I think this is still... like It might be a little sweaty. Maybe it's your 100th or 101st card. But the fact that you have one commander making equipments that you're equipping, you got the other commander giving you plus one counters. I mean, you're doubling your production of modifications. And I think that's really smart. And so, do I wish this wasn't a creature? Yes. But... I do like that it's doing everything you want at that four mana. And ideally, even if it was one mana draw a card, that's still okay. That's still good. Yeah, this is almost build your own personal howling mine. Mm-hmm. It's a little like a little bit when like you have to have four creatures to do that, but that's doable. I I like it. I remember a day long ago when Jade Me Tome was like an all-star player card i will tap and pay five mana to draw a card all day long so four or less i'm in for that now um so uh yeah that's my penny my nickel is a newer one uh this was uh printed in modern horizons 2 it's only got one printing and this is fey offering this is 2g for an enchantment at the beginning of your end step, if you've cast both a creature and a non-creature spell this turn, create a clue, a food, and a treasure. Oh, that's so cool. That's I love so it. cool. So this is not going to be a like creature heavy, a creature forward kind of deck. Because a lot of the golems that you're going to be creating are either like two for one creatures off something like a vital splicer, or you have artifacts that you'd be casting that are not creatures that generate golems um on top of like things like cultivate and wayfarers bobble and like other things you need to be playing uh in order to like get enough mana to do stuff so fey offering rewards your turn four turn five turn six when you're double spelling by giving you artifact tokens that you can sacrifice to trigger it to keek this is super cool. I love this a lot. I, I remember seeing this card and then promptly forgot about it because two weeks later another set came out. Um <laughs> this is this is great. Like it's a little hard to get to, to trigger, but if you do, you're gonna feel oh, it's gonna feel good. Clue, food, and treasure. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I was literally just like digging through my Animar list because I was like, would it make sense? Because I wanted to say I had a creature and I'm just trying to make sure it's not blue. Yeah, it's blue. Uh, so I, was say, I had a creature that's like when it comes in, you can return a creature and it's only one mana. So it's like, oh my gosh, if you're not going to be super creature forward, it's one mana and just bounce that creature. So you hit the cast and then you do your normal non-creature stuff. So you get this every time. 
Do you think, Murphys, that this ability or effect is going to be powerful enough in this kind of budget build that it'd be worth it to do, what? what is it, workshop assistant? The one where whenever you would create a food, clue, or treasure, you also make one of the others? Academy would that be worth it? Academy manufacturer, thank you. Yeah, so Academy manufacturer is actually on my short list for this deck if I was building it because, uh, and we'll get there in just a second, there is... We've been given a lot of goodies by Watsy in the past few weeks. For better or worse, they have chosen a design philosophy that incentivizes treasure production. Um, and so if we can double up our treasures, I want to do it all day long. Um, and I, I, I don't want to sleep on food tokens either because the life gain actually does matter in aggro mirrors, even in EDH. Um, and three life isn't nothing. So... Uh, yeah, I think Academy Mac Manufacturer could get a look. Um, it is going to be a sweaty card, and really, Fey Offering is going to be pretty like far down there because it's so hard to trigger. But yeah, it, it's kind of the mini game. If you can make it work, you feel like a king. Yeah, especially beginning of each end step, man. Yeah, right. Woo. Um. So uh, that is my nickel, my dime is a fun one. This is from Adventure in the Forgotten Realms Commander. And this is Bucknard's Everfull Purse. <laughs> I love this card. <laughs> this card is eight cents. And it is a two mana cost artifact. Look at that. It triggers half of Fey Offering. We did it. Uh, <laughs> and it has one tap, roll a D4, and create a number of treasure tokens equal to the result. The player to your right gains control of Bucknard's Everfull Purse. So this, this is a situational card in that you have to be at the right kind of table. You have to be at a table that's here to have a good time, not a fast or not a long time. You know, like let's pass around the purse and get a bunch of treasures and like ramp up the game. But if you happen to just do the thing and roll a four the first time you you tap this you you get to play overrun for free with it to geek out right like sure, yeah. you give all of your creatures all of your golems plus four plus four at instant speed um so <laughs> that's that's kind of what i'm looking at with treasures in particular is there's no cost it's lotus petal right like I want to sacrifice all the Lotus Petals I can in this deck in order to get as many Iktiki triggers as I can. Oh, that's so good. I like that a lot. Yeah, and it only costs one. It costs two to play it and just one to attack. One. That's that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, like not having a D4 might be a little bit of a, you know, that'd be like my one hesitation, but you can just pull up a random number generator on your phone and it just works about the same. So that's super cool. I love it a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in that. And I know... Murphish, you were talking about, you know, the table wants to be here for a good time because you can need people to actually participate to make Bucknard's Everfull work. Um, one thing that I have seen start to get more play is Homeward Path. Um, I know that's more creature based, but it seems like people are trying to put in more things that are trying to bring everyone gains control of their stuff again. Do you think that's something that you would consider like, man, you know, if they end up taking like some of my pieces or if there is a theft deck, that's one of my weaknesses. So I should have some one piece of interaction in there that could deal with that. Or is that really not even in your thought process? Yeah, it is in my thought process. Uh, friends, how much do you think Homeward Path is going for right now? 
I well, curious. I went way too high last time, so I'm going to say a quarter. I was curious, so I just looked it up, so I'm, I'm going to uh, not, not participate, because I was surprised. Yeah, it's almost $15. Like, for for uh, what is effectively, like, just a really bad land, right? Like, there's not a lot of reason to play it. It And it has tap each player getting control of all creatures, right? So not, not non-creatures, not anything else. Um, fun fact, the judge promo of Homeward Path is $60 for some reason. Um, so, uh, I, I think that there's a world, I think there would need to be a really popular run of commanders that stole stuff or rearranged stuff. Okay. Even when, uh, Anias got spoiled and like Mm -hmm. everybody was all about it. I, I didn't think this card was going to get, get played, you know? Um, but I like the look. Um, I think that that's an interesting take. So, um, that's my dime. Uh, and my quarter is, has quickly become one of my pet cards that I can't find a space for. Um, and that is Brea's Apprentice. Brea's Apprentice is another, uh, Modern Horizons 2, uh, card. And it comes in at a whopping 12 cents, but just a penny over a quarter, 26 cents for the foil. There we go. Pimping on a budget. Um, it is two and a red for a two, three artifact creature, human artificer. And when it ETBs, you create a Thopter creature token. Uh, but then it has tap, sacrifice an artifact, choose one. Exile the top card of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play that card. Or target creature gets plus two, plus oh. So it can either juice one of your creatures as getting through, or it can draw you a card. Like the fact that that's a delayed impulse draw, like that gives you an entire extra turn to play that spell means that lands are never dead off the top. Um, I really like Bray's Apprentice. I think it is, even though it's not broken, it doesn't have to be broken to be very strong. It's really good. I like this. I like this pick a lot. Yeah. I, I like the, uh, the first mode in particular. The impulse is is great. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually not a big fan of impulse, um, so I, I like that you can at least buff. Um, you know, it's it's either like, do I need to get more resources, or am I just ready to smack face? So that's kind of nice. I like that it he comes with an artifact to sacrifice, um, and it's flying. So you know, you can have it for early game. You need to get a monarch. Uh, you need to be able to block my Gadric. You know, you have something there uh, early. So yeah, that's a really solid pick. Cool. That is budget eek to teak or whatever. And, and Tago. I'm, I'm still calling it chicka chicka boom boom because I've spent too much time in kindergarten classrooms and I can sing a song about that. Anyways. So I guess I'll move on to my Zabaz um, picks. So for my penny, um, I went with a card I had literally never seen before. Uh, from coming from Modern Horizons to Unbounded Potential. It is one and a white, and it is an instant, and you get to choose one. You can either put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures, or you can proliferate. And then if you want, you can entwine it uh, for an additional four mana. So for, for four white, white, you can do both of those things. Uh, so this deck is going to be full of a lot of creatures with counters on them. 
And uh, so this either can put some more counters on if you just have a couple creatures, uh, or you can put one additional counter on a bunch of different things. Uh, it's it, I think it's just a great card. It, it just it seems like that sort of like weird workhorse card that's not a lot of fanfare, uh, but is just it, it, it'll do better than you think it will. What do you guys think? So I know you're trying to use your mana to like do a lot of this, like destroy your own artifacts to kind of do your modular rigmaroles. Huh? So really, my only question because this is a great card, it does everything you want. Um, how often are you actually doing the entwine? Like, are you holding this up? Like, if you could do it, because it's like, ah, I really need to be able to entwine this to get the value. The entwine, I, I, the only thing I look at, this, the entwine I'm looking at is something like, oh, it's turn 10. I top deck this. It's not, it's, it's, it's slightly more powerful near the end of the game, assuming that you have a board. Because if you don't have a board where you just weren't winning the game anyways, probably it doesn't matter what you draw. Um, so... It's slightly more powerful. Other than that, I am waiting till I have at least two creatures, and then I'm casting it at somebody's end step and just smacking people around. Yeah, I I like this a lot. I think instant speed proliferate is actually pretty strong, right? Like if totally you agree. can give something a someone a poison token, uh, poison counter. If you even just have a few modular creatures. Like instant speed for two mana proliferate represents a lot of damage. So I I think this is really smart. It's it, it feels like a workhorse for sure. Yep. Okay. So for my next one, so fun fact about modular cards: if you look at all of the cards that have modular, if you just look on Scryfall, there are twenty three. Uh, one of them is Zabaz. Uh, one of them is a silver bordered card where like you have to like. When an opponent casts a spell, you have like five seconds to choose a keyword or something. It's it's weird. Um, but so so really, you have 21 cards to work with. Of those, pretty much all of them, I would say, are pretty well budget, with the exception of Arcbound Ravager, which is an incredibly competitive card. Uh, it used to be a million dollars. Um, you can actually pick one up for like... 756 apparently like if you want want a gold bordered card which is rad um but i mean this card used to be like 40 50 bucks and you can get a, even just a normal bordered one for like less than 12 which is really not bad um comparatively obviously um other than that there's like one other card i think it's uh oh what's the name of it it's the arc climber yeah, Arcbound Reclaimer is almost five bucks and now. Overseer, and Overseer and are both a couple bucks. But so other than that, you have like so you have like twenty-ish Arcbound cards, right? And that have modular. Um, and so you're going to be playing all of these. Um, nice thing is that there are some cards that are secretly Arcbound. Uh, they won't necessarily trigger off of Zabaz, uh, his 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 modular Lord effect. Um, but so my my nickel is a new card from Kamigawa. It's a common Iron Apprentice. It is a one drop construct, artifact creature construct. It enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it, and then when it dies, if it had counters on it, you put those oh. counters on target creature you control. So there you go. basically modular without saying modular. Uh, so I think this is it's a it's an extra one that you wouldn't know exists if you just are like me. And just typed in modular and describe all. So I thought it was a good one to bring up. What do you guys think? So 
I think this is beautiful. My question, Oop, though, if our users are wanting to try to use Scryfall in an advanced way, like what would you recommend like the keyword or key phrase that they put in to like try to find these kind of cards? So I so what I did actually, um, I was actually looking for there was a card that had had a little tickle in my brain that there was a card from one of the recent uh, commander sets that did something kind of like the Ozolith. You know, like, I was like, it's okay. like a white enchantment, does something like the Ozolith. Gosh, maybe it's not very much money. It ended up being like $10. Um, <laughs> and so I ended up typing in, like I put in advanced, which advanced, and I did like red and white as the commander colors. And I typed in win dies if it had counters and just did that. Okay. And so it just, then it just brought up anything that had something that when something dies, um, it would get in and if that counters, it does a thing. And so, um, sorry, my cat is stuck on my cord and is freaking out. Okay, cool. We got him free. Um, so had that. And so then I just was able to find, find this random card that I entirely forgot existed. So yeah, that's, that was my nickel. Any other thoughts? No, I think, I just think that the more you can maximize your theme count in a deck like this, the more it's going to matter. When I when I built Gerard many moons ago, there was like twelve <laughs> or, or uh, <laughs> modular cards, and it was a doozy to try to make it work. You got to maximize, so having an extra one just feels really good. Totally agree. So I'll guess I'll move on to my dime. Uh, so my dime is going to be basically kind of my budget version of walking ballista or. Uh, the one that makes Thopters when it dies. Oh, it's a construct. Hangerback, baby. Hangerback Walker. Thank you. Um, it's not quite the same as those, but uh, those are both a million dollars, so we don't get to play those. <laughs> uh, this is Mindless Automaton. It's ah, been I love printed, this card. Been printed a million times. Uh, most recently, Commander Legends is a four drop, uh, just four colorless artifact creature construct. It enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it you pay one and discard a card put a plus one plus one counter on it or you can remove two plus one plus one counters from mindless automaton and draw a card no cost no tap no sorcery speed restriction you just move some counters and you draw a card so this is perfect because with your modular you're getting to uh move counters around and if you have this guy out here you just move the counters onto him and if somebody points a source of plowshares or some other cheeky removal spell you're like i remove all of my counters and i turn off five cards you did it you know and so it's great um it also has a discard outlet if that is important to you if you really you have some um if, if you have any kind of graveyard uh recursion that you're wanting to use this is a way to get things into the graveyard easily as well also, you can look at this late game, Oob. Um, if you get land flooded, you basically pay two mana, discard two lands, draw a card. Because you'll just remove the two counters off uh, the automaton and draw a card. And so, you know, it's not a great rate, but at the end of the game, when it's like, I need stuff, then, you know, that's a perfectly viable avenue. And I just have a very special place in my heart for this card uh, because I run it in my Shirai deck, and it's one of the few ways that I can use a two-power creature and still recur it because it goes to the graveyard with 0-0 zero, because zero, it has none mm -hmm. of the counters. And so just getting to draw a card on everyone's turn, oh, it's just so good. That's that's a really cool 
I, I didn't, didn't even think about that. That's awesome. Never, never in a million years would I have gotten there. That is, uh, I like this card a lot. I saw this card today and honestly, I thought about it for it to geek as well. Um, cause I was using the advanced filters to look at plus one, plus one counter interactions and stuff. But I think this card is really sweet and you'll be able to use a lot of counters. I do like the avenue of discarding cards for value, especially if you can recur them. So I, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what kind of work this card could do in this deck. Yeah, totally agree. So my last one is um, one. It's actually I think it's a it, it's a talking point that we need to talk about with the artifact decks. So artifacts have a lot of cool payoff cards that are not artifacts. There are a lot of cool cards that you can run um, that do X thing when it's an enchantment, when, you know, creature, when X artifact enters the graveyard or enters the battlefield or, you know, or a creature that is not an artifact self, but like interacts favorably in really cool ways with artifacts. Uh, if you're not careful, and I've done this personally when I used to run a Brea deck, um, I had this thing where it was like I had wanted to use all of these cool enablers. And then I'd water down my artifact count so much that I was just playing a bunch of enablers with nothing to enable them. And so I sat there just like drawing dead and just playing Bray every once in a while and hoping that was enough. And, you know, and so I had to go back to the drawing board because you can't just play a bunch of payoff cards. You also have to have the things to enable them. And if you're not careful in an artifact deck in particular, there are so many cool things you can do. Um, that it be it's easy to fall into that trap. So um, I don't have like a number or anything that you should think about running or anything like that. I mean, it's 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 art, not science. You play around with it and you see what works. Um, but this card actually, I had never heard of this card, and I read it and it made me audibly giggle. So uh, this is Sagarda's Summons. It is a rare from uh, Crimson Vow, and. It's an enchantment. It's a four in white, white. And it says creatures you control with a plus one with plus one plus one counters on them have base power and toughness four four have flying and are angels. Oh my gosh. Let's turn <laughs> all of those little robots into angel robots. That's there's I, I, I don't know any, I don't know anything <laughs> about this. There has to be like some kind of weird anime about like angel robots, right? I mean, I don't know. I, 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 like I said, know nothing about anime, but I'm assuming that would be a thing. Uh, this is hilarious. I think you turn, yeah, yeah it because it, it it makes them makes their base four four. So whatever counters mm-hmm. they have on top of it, like makes them that much bigger. So you're gonna be at the, the at the least five five is the absolute smallest they'll possibly be is a five five. Um, I like I said, audibly giggled. I think this card's hilarious and super sweet. Yeah, I this card's great. Uh, again, never in a million years would have thought about this. This is that makes me uh, smile in my heart. Yeah, that's uh, that's terrifying because that is something that you wouldn't see in a Boros modular deck because it's like okay yeah oob has seven creatures with various amounts of counters on there like this sucks but it's like this one's a one one and this one's a two two and it's like i I could deal with this and then it's like okay well you guys know i'm in boros so i can't just you know overwhelming stampede or 
you know, crater hoof, or can I? How about we just make them all four fours flying to give them additional evasion? Um, that's that's insane because basically six mana with the example I just gave that's adding twenty eight power to the board and flying. Yep, it's like a weird continuous overrun kind of. Yeah. I uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think this card's super super cool, uh, and I want to have a deck for it because I don't think I do, um, which is really sad because it's a cool card, but very cool. Well, guys, thanks for visiting our humble, humble budget shop. Hopefully you took something away about building a budget red colored artifact deck. And this is Mr. Combo number five saying thanks for stopping by. This is Murphus. See you later. Bye, friends.